that's what I was willing to do. What, what, what are you willing to do to get? And I'm going to tell you the next few weeks, I'm going to be challenging you. How intimate are you willing to go with the Lord? Are you satisfied? I'll tell you what the title of the series is going to be. Why are you here? Why are you here? Are you satisfied just being saved? Are you satisfied with just, okay, I'm born, um, he's my savior? Or are you satisfied, well, he's my Lord? Or do you want to get a little bit deeper than that? We need to go deeper. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not going to like this, but it's only pride keeps from there. Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. You guys make them happy. Morning, everyone. Uh, before we get started with the testimony, I just want to introduce ourselves. Uh, so my name is Zach. This is Kelsey. So we've been here uh, in the Sioux for about a year. Um, we're both uh, originally, we're both in the Coast Guard. I'm originally from Rhode Island, and Kelsey was from Dallas, Texas. Uh, both graduated from the Coast Guard Academy, similar to Naval Academy, Merchant Marine, um, and West Point, things like that. Back uh, 2015 for me and 2016 for her. We were both stationed in Newport, Rhode Island for three years, and then came up here to the Sioux. So I'm on the Katmai Bay, um, one of the ice-breaking tugs up here, and Kelsey's a pollution responder um, at the sector here as well. So I'm going to turn over to Kelsey. Um, we're going to start our testimony back in 2012, um, that year when we first started dating. <clears throat> All right. Uh, before we start, I just wanted to pray um, over our talk. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you for this opportunity for um, Zach and I to share what you have done in our lives, share our testimony, and um, we just remind ourselves that it's not about our victory and about our story, but um, it's all to glorify you. And we pray your Holy Spirit to intercede um, for us when we uh, don't have the words to speak. Um, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is here with us, and um, I pray that you will touch the lives of the people here through um, through our story, um, to glorify you. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, I wanted to start with a verse. It's Revelation 12, 11. Um, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So this is our testimony and our, um, victory through God. So like Zach said, we were dating for about six months at the academy. Um, I had we had just come back from Christmas break. We get um, two to three weeks off every every uh, winter for Christmas. So I was, just came back. It was January, and I was feeling off. Um, it started with um, my emotions were not in check. Um, I started to have these like emotional roller coaster days where. I would be really excited, really happy, um, like my normal, normal joyful self um, for one minute, and then the next minute I would um, start bawling um, for, no, for no reason at all. Um, there was one time, well, Zach, we talked about this a little bit ago, um, he said I had dropped my books in the hallway or something and I started bawling. So for some reason my emotions were not in check. Um, I started being, getting fearful. This, this sense of fear was overcoming me. Um, it, I would have fevers at night. Um, I, confusion started overcoming me as well. I started to not remember where my classes were or who my teachers were or names of friends. And um, just the fear and confusion was starting to overwhelm me. I went to the clinic just to figure out what might be wrong. And 
Um, they did tests, blood, a bunch of blood tests for Lyme's disease. Thank you, Pastor. Um, a bunch of tests for Lyme's disease, Graves' disease, things like that, and um, nothing, everything came back negative. So um, to the doctors, it was fine. It was just something, they, they thought maybe I was depressed, so they were ask, asking me a bunch of questions about being depressed, which only made me more frustrated uh, because I knew it wasn't anything about myself. It was, um, it was something physically wrong with me. So... Um, all that to say, it just kept getting worse. Um, the stress from the academy was building up. Um, my fear, I couldn't control my emotions anymore. And um, I, so with all those blood tests, nothing, was, nothing came back positive. I did an EEG, and um, initially the doctors said that uh, I was normal, there was nothing wrong with me. Um, and at this point, my mom had come up to visit, my brother had come up to visit, um, and when they were there, I was fine. When they were gone, everything came whirling back. But when I had that EEG, the doctor said I was fine. About a few hours later, he called back and said, I'm sorry, there's something seriously wrong with your uh, test results, you need to come in. And apparently, my, the brain waves um, on the, the showed on the EEG were very slow. So they admitted me to the hospital. Uh, my mom had been up a few days before that. And uh, she immediately got on the next plane and came down. And so I was admitted to uh, a hospital in Connecticut, um, Bacchus Hospital, and then moved to Yale Hospital because they, the doctors at Bacchus didn't know what, what was wrong with me. So, um, so here I was at Yale, and I was quickly deteriorating. deteriorating. I, um, at one, at, it was about a week or so of being in the hospital, and I became to be... Um, totally catatonic. So I was awake. I was um, watching people, but I couldn't respond. I just had this blank look on my face. So I was in a catatonic state at that point. I couldn't communicate with anybody. I wasn't recognizing people. Uh, my dad had come up to visit, and I didn't even recognize who my dad was. I, um, I was having violent outbursts and anger. Um, and like I said before, I was a joyful person, so that was definitely out of my um, normal character. So I was having these violent outbursts. I, was, I couldn't eat on my own. I couldn't talk. I couldn't walk. I um, basically became a vegetable. And while in the hospital, um, Zach was with me. His family was there when he could be because he still had to go to school. But my mom was there the whole time. She... Uh, she had learned from my aunt who was in the process of learning about healing and about taking authority. And um, so she was listening and reading about, reading from uh, Kenneth Copeland and his ministry, different healing ministries. And <clears throat> my aunt had mentioned um, this woman that had prayed these 40 healing verses over here, over herself, because she was diagnosed with cancer and she was um, standing in faith for healing for that. So my mom got a hold of these 40 healing verses, marked them all in her Bible, and she would read them to me three times a day, every day. And when Zach was there, he would read them over, over me as well. And um, so these 40, 40 healing verses, some of them, I'm going to read a couple here. Uh, Psalm 103, 3 and 4, he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. So my mom was really harping on the, 
Kelsey, your, your God is going to redeem you from this pit, and he's going to crown you with love and compassion and give you full life. Uh, Mark 11, 23 and 24, it says, um, Jesus, from Jesus, If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be done. It will be yours. <clears throat> Another, um, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. So she was reading these verses over me three times a day. Um, another one, Psalm 118, 17, I will not die but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. So when the, the doctors were saying, um, it was about a week and a half or so, and the doctors still didn't know what was um, what was causing this, what, what my um, diagnosis was. And, uh, but my mom stood firm, firm on these verses. They, uh, eventually we had a doctor come in. He um, apparently had heard of something called anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis. And he had three other patients at the hospital that were diagnosed with the same thing. So they did some tests on me, some spinal taps, and determined that's what I, that's what I had anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis, which means that um, my brain was attacking itself and it was affecting the left side of my brain and the right side of my body, um, which was uh, why I was having all these symptoms. So <clears throat> I got the diagnosis. Um, obviously, I was not, um, like I said, I was in this catatonic state, so I still didn't know what was going on. Um, and I wasn't responding to anything um, in terms of communicating with my family or Zach of how I was feeling. Um, there was one night, um, this is my mom's faith moment in this um, whole ordeal. But um, there was one night I was being um, very violent. I was uh, trying, I had these mittens on me and I was trying to pull all these nodes off my head and off my chest off. Um, I was flailing and um, basically my mom was really frustrated and was crying out to God. She cried out to God three times that night. And the, the last um, time she cried out to God, I, um, I calmed down and I said in my normal, <laughs> my normal controlled, calm voice, Mom, can you please take off these mittens and take off the, the socks on my feet? And um, clear as day, I said that. And I hadn't talked for since I got to the hospital, really. And um, right then, she knew that I was going to be okay, and she just kind of let it go to God and know that um, this is going to be a process, but she's going to come out um, uh, victor victorious in the end. So that was her healing, um, her faith moment. And from then, she never let <clears throat> whatever the doctor said, whatever um, they... <clears throat> any doubts they had, any um, words of discouragement or negativity, she, um, she listened to it, but she never let that um, phase her faith in um, healing for me and what God had planned for me. Um, but she also never lost, used all of her energy to explain that to other people. She, um, she had to focus on her energy on the healing and her emotions versus trying to change everybody around her. <clears throat> so that was her faith moment. Um, 
And I wanted to talk about my, the spiritual warfare that I um, witnessed and um, felt in the hospital. Like I said, I was not, um, I was not communicating. I really don't know a lot that happened in the hospital because I was in that state. Um, a lot of this is from what other people have told me and what other people witnessed. But I do remember this. Um, I had a few uh, instances where I saw the devil. Uh, there was one when I was at Yale. I saw him walking with the nurses in the hallway. Um, there was another instance that I saw him uh, keeping the nurses from coming into the hospital room to help me. Um, there was another that I felt like he was um, strapping. I didn't have any straps on me or anything to the bed, even when I had those violent outbursts. But um, I felt like because he was, I couldn't talk, I couldn't move when I wanted to, um, I felt like he was strapping me to the bed and holding my tongue. Um, there was, <clears throat> with this disease, um, a lot of people have hallucinations, and I don't know if this was a hallucination or not because it really felt real, but I was in hell, and I wasn't feeling the physical pay pain of hell, but I was witnessing it and the emotions, and I remember Satan telling me that I was supposed to be there, and this was, all of this was happening to me because I let it happen to me, and it was my fault, and I'm supposed to be in hell. Exactly, he's a liar. Um, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life abundantly. Um, and the, the final um, scene that I had in my head um, from, or that I witnessed, was a, uh, the Satan and God on the battlefield for my life. Um, this was when I went to, um, there's some pictures, but I was flown, um, one of my requests from my mom was for me to be flown from Yale Hospital to Dallas, Texas, um, to be closer to my family, not because they thought, my mom thought I wasn't going to make it, um, even if the doctor said that, but because um, my mom wanted our family, um, who, uh, her sister especially, that had um, this newfound faith um, and this discovery of healing and authority um, to be there presently and pray over me as well. So that's when I was um, taken to uh, Dallas. And I remember in the hospital um, at night, I would see these visions of um, the battlefield. So I would see Satan. He was always a dark figure, um, like actual figure. And whenever I felt his presence, I would be overcome with fear and um, anger and um, very, very dark. And he, he would be there, but then I would see God. Um, and he was never a figure. He was just a presence, a light. And when, when Jesus, when God would come show himself, he um, would overcome that darkness. And in, some, in the beginning, it was just a um, small amount of time. It, it was um, the Satan, Satan was winning the battle. Um, but after a few nights um, and after all uh, the 40 healing verses kept praying over me, and I would have pastors come in and pray over me, and, um, and the, the doctors and the, um, the medicine I was given was working, um, that flipped. I was having God reign more over the devil, uh, much more light, and um, much more peace and comfort, and uh, eventually all of it was gone, and I knew that, that God had won the battle. Um, so that was my um, experience in the hospital with uh, 
spiritual warfare. Um, and then some of these other pictures are just my family um, being with me. And, and um, so I, when I got my diagnosis and they started treating me, it took a few treatments for it to start working. Um, but eventually I was let, I was, um, I started to, I remember the first time I brushed my teeth by myself. Um, I remember, uh, I, well, I had to, um, I didn't have any feeling, any use of my motor skills on the right side of my body. But um, I was able to use a fork a little bit to eat, um, things like that, just the little victories. Um, but I was out of the hospital in five and a half weeks. And then I was sent to Pate Rehab, which is a brain rehab center. And at rehab, um, I just remember I was still trying to figure out my emotions, how to control them, how to use my motor skills, how to talk. Um, and But I do remember coming home every day and crying my eyes out because I didn't know why God was having me go through this, um, why, uh, why this had happened to me. And being at rehab, um, surrounded by... Uh, older people that had been in car wrecks or um, physically hurt um, in some way and were bound to a wheelchair or had to talk out of his throat because he couldn't use his vocal cords, things like that. Um, and I was there walking around normal. I looked like a normal person on the outside, maybe a little bit skinnier because I lost a lot of weight. But um, I was battling with my own things. And, um, but being there was very humbling, and um, I remember my roommate there and um, this older man, Charlie, who called me Stud. Um, he, they were the encouraging ones. They were the ones that were um, giving me um, encouragement and telling me that I could make it through this, and I was doing great instead of me doing that to them when, um, when I, I looked so good, so, like, okay on the outside, you know. Um, so that was very humbling, and um, definitely God put those people there to give me that sense of um, encouragement and um, keeping my eyes on something, um, on steps ahead, not where I had been. <clears throat> so I was supposed to be at rehab for three months. I was there for a little less than a month, praise God. And um, I had overcome... It's, it's funny how the brain works. When I was little, I had a um, lisp, and I couldn't pronounce my R's. And um, when I started talking again, all of that came back. So I had to overcome that um, and work through that. I had to rebuild my own vocabulary. Um, one of the exercises I did at rehab, just to put things in perspective, was um, they would sh the teacher would show me like a broom, a picture of a broom or a picture of something that I obviously would know what it is. And I recognized it. I um, maybe knew what it was used for, but I couldn't tell you what the name of it was. So I had to rebuild my whole vocabulary, which took a while. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but like I said, I was out of the hospital in less than a month, and my, <clears throat> my goal was to get back to the academy. Um, in the military, it's sometimes hard to prove to others that you have, don't have this um, disease, this debilitating disease anymore, and um, that you're going to be better than you were before it happened. Um, so I had to prove that to them. One of these pictures is, um, I think it's already been through, but um, was me taking the physical fitness test and I, I scored higher than I'd ever done before. Um, I also had to teach myself a physics, a physics class in order to keep up with my classmates and not be um, a year behind. 
So I taught myself um, a whole physics class and took the final exam and got 100 on it. Um, so I was able to keep up with my, my uh, classmates in that aspect. <laughs> um, just the little victories. Um, but the doctors, um, when I was recovering and um, how fast I was recovering, the doctors told me that there was a 25% chance that I would have a relapse um, multiple times or one time in my life or whatever. Um, and I, I listened to it, but I have never um, accepted that. And I know it's, um, there's a 0% chance it's going to come back because, um, because of God's promises, God's healing, and standing on those promises. And that's something I wanted to talk about, too, was I am healed, but it's continuous. Um, you, you have to maintain your healing. Um, and part of that is, is speaking God's truth out loud over, over yourself. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians um, 10, 5, to, um, uh, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And, every, and God's words, um, when they're sent out, speaking aloud, they don't come back void. They, they fulfill the purpose that he meant them to, be, meant them to have. Um, and a couple other verses before I give it to Zach. Um, I did have a couple instances at, instances at the academy where I was um, feeling stressed and really tired and that slight fear that it might come back um, started creeping up again. But these um, couple of verses, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And also 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And I would speak those out loud to myself, and, it, and it, those feelings went away. And that's something I continually do. Um, but, okay, I wanted to give it to Zach now for his side of the story. Uh, so before I go into my part of the testimony, um, some details. I'm a chemistry background from the academy, and I actually did a whole report on this entire disease that Kelsey had. So of her disease, it was one in one million. Um, and the doctor that treated her at Yale was actually one of the like, known experts in that field. And he had only seen three cases before that. And those three cases were all linked to tumors on ovaries. On Kelsey's case, hers is actually a genetic one. So it's um, in her DNA. And it's turned on and off by like a, for her in this case, it was a perfect storm of various circumstances around her. Um, and I'll get more into my testimony as to why we don't necessarily believe it's a genetic thing, that it's a come and gone piece. Um, and, where's I going with that? Uh, yeah, well that'd be, <laughs> that, that, that'll come up later on too as well. But uh, um, from the time the disease is diagnosed to the time of death is actually six weeks. So, if not treated. So normally this disease is actually, people, are, they come in, they think they're psychotic and they send them to an insane asylum, and then six weeks later they're dead and they have no idea why. So it's a very unknown disease. Um, there's actually a movie out there about it called Brain on Fire. Um, yeah, and a book about it. Um, and so that's a, I think it was on Netflix or something like that, but it was a Wall Street Journal artist who had that and actually wrote about it, had a same, similar recovery to Kelsey in this case. Um, but it is one that's coming now known in this time of, with all the medicine that we have, it's actually starting to become more well known. Um, so it's just kind of the science background for this disease to kind of give you a basis for it. 
Uh, uh, starting with my testimony, um, I'd like to start it off reading Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. I'm getting to the spiritual warfare side. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand therefore with a truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. The reason why I like to open up with Ephesians um, 6, 10 to 17, I never knew this verse existed seven years ago. So when I first met Kelsey, um, I was raised as a Catholic um, from Rhode Island. Uh, went through all the sacraments up to being confirmed. However, never had a relationship with Jesus. I was always missing something. I didn't know what I was missing at the time but I knew I was missing something. And met Kelsey, and about six months into dating, all these symptoms started coming up. And for me, it was shell-shocked, because when I first met her, hours into meeting her, I knew she was gonna be my wife. And it was a matter of how I got there, not a matter of if it was gonna happen. So to see my future wife going through something like this, I was beside myself. However, get to the hospital in Yale, um, starting to get her mom, starting to know her mom more, and we started going over the 40 healing verses. So that was the first time I actually ever cracked open a Bible in my life. Despite being raised Catholic, right? Despite being raised Catholic, I never actually opened a Bible, never actually had that relationship. And so for the first time in my life, I was reading 40 healing verses three times a day, laying hands on Kelsey and praying, like I never prayed before. And I didn't know, so not for Kelsey, but for me personally, I didn't know what was happening in my life, but, or who was responsible for it. Obviously, come to find out that God is responsible for that entire piece that was happening to me. However, at the time, all of this was new to me. Didn't really know what was happening. It was all kind of a whirlwind going through it the entire time with, with her family, with Kelsey being sick and everything kind of happening all at once. Um, so as we progressed, when she, left to go to Texas in about March. Uh, met her, I didn't, that was the last time I saw her for about two months, because I still had to be at the academy, spring break was over, so when she left, she was on a hospital bed, couldn't talk to her. Well, I could talk to her, but she, there was no reciprocating of anything, it was just kind of looking at the person, and looking into her eyes, and I could see Kelsey, I knew she was there, because her eyes said everything, however, the rest of her body wasn't saying anything. Um, and then come get to Texas in May after she started her rehab, and she's run, running up to me in the, hot, in the airport, giving me a hug and a kiss. And so that was pretty incredible to see that transition happen in two months, going from that to her being completely functional, going to rehab. And still, as she talked about, after she was going through rehab, still reading those 40 healing verses three times a day herself. And we started doing that together when I got back down to Texas with her. Um, but you would think that I would recommit myself and accept Jesus as my savior after this whole um, season that we had. However, that wasn't the case. Um, I had too much pride being raised as a Catholic, and I thought I knew I had everything in my life that I needed now that Kelsey was better and things were going well. 
I was like, oh, this is great. However, I didn't have everything I needed because I still didn't have Jesus in my life. Um, he was responsible for everything that happened with Kelsey as to why she was healed. Um, and the piece, it was over the next essentially about two years. I graduated in 2015, and then we got married in 2016. However, that uh, 2014, we were in a family reunion um, with her family in Oregon. Finally, uh, bought the courage um, to ask for her hand in marriage. And yeah, I know. Ask for your hand in marriage from your dad. And after he said yes to that, we were going through some scripture and things started clicking in my head that it was just kind of out of the blue with this whole piece. And uh, I was remember sitting on the plane with her one day and it was on my heart that I was like, I accept Jesus as my savior. And it was something I knew I needed in my life. And finally, after knowing that I was gonna be marrying Kelsey, I don't think we would have had the relationship that we would have if I wasn't at that point in my life. Um, and then once we, once I actually accepted Jesus as my savior, uh, we got married in 2016 and we uh, drafted up our covenant. We didn't actually do marriage vows, we did a covenant, a marriage covenant, um, intertwining us with God. And that was something I was never really exposed to either when I was being grown up. I was like, what's a covenant? And learn about that as well. Um, and then to kind of culminate everything in 2017, um, so I was baptized as a baby, as a Catholic. However, that wasn't my own choice. Uh, so I was baptized. I think there's a couple of pictures of it. If you go forward a little more. Um, I was baptized in Rhode Island. Uh, and that was, it was put on my heart, um, talking to her parents about it, talking to our pastor about it, and actually re, just giving that physical commitment that, hey, this is my choice. I want this in my life. I need it in my life. And kind of bringing this full circle with our testimonies that Kelsey having that testimony of healing, um, mine being, and both of ours being a victory, um, from where we started back in 2012 to kind of going through that season and then my, me finally putting my pride aside, leaving the items of this world and actually just going to the spiritual side and accepting Jesus as my savior, uh, that was a huge victory for me and then for us um, with our marriage. And the big piece that learning with healing in this whole case with our testimony is that like I, the other couple weeks ago I had a small ankle injury and I was like, oh, can I just let that be? He was like, well, no, we can't let that be because we believe in taking authority over everything in our lives and praying about anything and everything. Because um, if you don't pray it, yes, he can hear you. He knows what's on your heart. However, he wants to hear you ask for it. Um, praying over that, putting our hands on it, and a couple days later, I'm walking fine with no pain at all. And even if it's as small as a headache, something like that, like praying about that, any stress you have in your life because that worry isn't from God. That worry is coming from the devil because that puts that second guessing in your life. And in terms of takeaways for this entire testimony with the victory and healing is that anything is possible when you have Jesus in your life. However, if you're not speaking the truth and getting into the word, because for me, I was never in the word. I was never speaking truth, never knew what laying hands was, never really prayed. And that transformation over seven years, because it doesn't happen overnight like that, um, it's pretty incredible. So. Yeah, that wraps up my part of the testimony. I just have two more things I want to mention. Um, first, I just wanted to say that God will meet you where you are. Um, I remember my mom 
well, after, after the fact, my mom telling me about her faith moment in the hospital, um, she was just learning about authority and about healing and putting that into practice and speaking the word over our circumstances. So you don't have to have a, a magnificent amount of faith or this spectacular thing happen. Um, whatever amount of faith that you have, cling to it and God will meet you there. Um, also, my last thing I wanted to say was um, Romans 8.28 really spoke to us too after the fact um, it says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. So despite all of the pain, all of the fear and confusion and that um, season of our lives, I would not have changed anything about that. I would still, um, because of the impact it's had on our lives, on your life, on your family, who's seen, um, who is Catholic and has seen um, what a relationship with Jesus can do. And also for my own family, for... Um, I think my mom even says that she, looking back, she probably couldn't even tell or call herself a Christian before I went through this, um, having that, that pure relationship with Jesus. So um, just the fact that it's brought our family together and that we all know that we're going to be in heaven together too. Um, so that's, that's all I have. Can you get us some music playing? Um, I do want to say this. He left this part of out. Remember he mentioned that part of it is, I've, I've got to go there, man. I've got to go there. This is such a, this is, now I want you to understand, this is a guy that didn't know a lot about faith and all this and that, but he made a statement to a doctor. Because remember, part of this was the ovaries. There's the tumors on the ovaries. And so they wanted to come in and remove her ovaries. And he said, oh, you're not going to do that. That's my future wife. We're going to have kids. What are you talking about? Now, this is a guy that is, you know, didn't have 14 years of theological study on faith. He just believed what the Bible said. It's that simple. It's that simple. Don't make it more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so, go ahead. Yeah, okay. the pastor reminded me about that piece. Uh, so, yeah, with the, the healing verses that Kelsey's mom was uh, exposed me to. Um, so, a lot of people have seen the movie Breakthrough here. Uh, so, in the, in the hospital... Um, the doctors kept telling him that he's not going to make it through the night. He's going to keep, he's going to die eventually. It's just a matter of when. And for the doctors at Yale, it was kind of a similar thing. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Was, um, so when I said that piece about six weeks from the time of diagnosis to not treating, it would be six weeks. She was at like week five and they hadn't start, they haven't, they didn't start the correct treatment that was actually going to work. Uh, she was having seizures. She was getting pretty, clo pretty close to grand mal seizures. Uh, and then that piece about standing in faith um, that she talked, that Kelsey was mentioning too, is a lot of doctors saying all these negative things, and we listen to you, but I hear you. I'm not going to listen to you, though, really. Um, I don't have the time to really listen to that. So it was standing in faith. I know it was big for Kelsey's family, for myself, standing in faith, because a lot of people weren't necessarily standing in faith. They were praying for, and people were praying around the country for it, which is huge. However, it seemed the team that was treating her was a matter of, well, what are we going to do? I don't know if this is going to work. Like, no, you're going to, I'm going to pray that, this, that you can figure something out because God has given you the tools, given you the knowledge and experience to treat her the right way. It's just a matter that you figure it out. And so standing in faith was the big piece and then kind of speaking life into the situation. And 
Yep. Speaking life, speaking healing. And so that was a big piece. And, and something else that I wanted to mention that I really want to emphasize, she continues. She continues speaking the word over her life. And continues. She got healed. She's continuing to be healed and to be whole. And, and there's something she said earlier is that you have the purpose. Is that what you said? You have the purpose to do that? Or what was the term you used? I said uh, speaking Deliberate. Life. You have to be deliberate. Like using. They're not God's, um, God's words. They're not going to come back for you. They're going to fulfill the purpose. But, but she, I think you mentioned in the last testimony is that it was deliberate. And that's the word. It was intentional. She does. It's an intentional thing. It's not an accidental thing. It's well, maybe it's a. I'm intentionally doing this. This word works if you use this word. There is no formula. There's no formula to it. It's not a formula. And some of you say, "Well, I've done that. Didn't work." How long are you willing to stand? If they'd have given up in three weeks, they, she'd have been dead. He wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't have this beautiful couple standing before us giving us a testimony. They stood until it was finished. So continue to stand. So we're going to play. If you want prayer for anything today, I'm, I've got some people who will come up and pray. But listen, you're not going to offend me if I'm standing here and, and you want them to pray for you. It's their testimony. 